0: Yes, now we're going into the meaty and hairy bits.
1: (laughs) Mm, Meaty, hairy bits.
0: (laughs) Yes, and we
1: all have to pay taxes. Yes. Saying in English is there's two things we have to do in life, die and pay taxes. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Woohoo! And we are back. This is an exciting episode. Not really, because the topic is a bit dry, but we try to make it as exciting as possible for you, and it's really the nitty-gritty of your finances. I'm back with Magdalena Marty from The Weave, and we already had two episodes that you hopefully were listening to, part of our business finances. The first one was about the introduction to business finances, and the last episode about rocking your personal budgeting. Like I said, let's get started with the nitty-gritty of your finances. (laughs) today the nitty-gritty of your finances all the topics that everyone tries to avoid and they are you
0: (laughs) yes now we're going into the meaty and hairy bits
1: (laughs) Mm, meaty hairy bits (laughs) Uh oh now i have to mark this as explicit episode um okay this episode we're talking about the exciting topics and I'm, I'm saying this ironically but it's really is important to look at these things and if once you understand these they're not so scary anymore we're looking at um, profit and loss and we're looking at cash flow and as forecasting okay, yes i hand over to you directly to start right off with one of these three topics
0: yes 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 so as yeah it is it is quite a heavy topic but um they are so so important so i can't stress enough that you at least understand the theory behind all of these um and i'm only touching really the iceberg there is lots and lots you can go and dive deeper in but you don't have to necessarily if you know about profit and loss and about cash flows and why they're so important but also about forecasting and why that is so important then in the end um you're already you know halfway there um as my experience is because there are obviously still balance sheets and cash flow statements and all these other financial statements that you could look at, um, or run or, you know, uh, produce and if you're having an accounting software, but really if you're just starting out, um, and this is kind of, like I said, we kind of started obviously with the introduction to business finances, but, um, this is a little bit more meaty and <laughs> a little bit more of an integrity really, but it is, still so so important um to at least have heard of these terms and have heard what they mean and what they are all about okay. yes
1: and they, they are not the only things in in no. your business but they are the three most important things i would say and this is i think thing.
0: yeah i think so like for me personally i, I always look at okay so what you know there are yes there are tons and other things but we don't we're not accountants and we are not you know financial i don't know analytics but the when you run your own business these are at least the things that you should be looking at and that you actually should have a handle on um, and understand and actually produce certain whether that's statements or spreadsheets or whatever it is um, that you understand them and how to produce them and how what it actually means what they actually stand for and what they say about your business Mm -hmm. so that's why I find them so important
1: and which one are we starting off with
0: Um, we're starting with the profit and loss because that's kind of the easiest (laughs) I feel. Um, (laughs) okay. Well, I think that, well, I feel they're all easy, but yeah, that's a different story, (laughs) but not really like, I think profit and loss is just because the name already suggests what it's all about. You know, it's whether you're producing a profit or whether you're producing a loss. Um, and sometimes it's also referred to income statements. So if you hear that term, then that's the same as the, profit and loss statement, or some people just say P and L, um, which just stand for P and L. So, but they kind of like a lot of people are here always like, oh yeah, my P and L and blah, blah, blah. So it's, there's a lot of slang in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just that you've heard these terms. So yeah. So as, as I said, P and L <laughs> is the easiest of the three financial statements that uh, businesses usually produce at the end of their financial years. Um, the other ones are usually balance sheets and cash flow statements if you 're a limited company that is um, if you 're a sole trader or you know a freelancer, then you might just produce the p and l really that 's more or less what what your accountant does for you anyways um, but the so the profit and loss statement they, it tells you a lot about the past, so it 's all past perspective, and hindsight um, it 's not about future in this case it 's just looking at what has was in the previous financial period that you select. Usually that's 12 months. Usually that's your financial year. Um, It looks, the best comparison, what you can do with a profit and loss statement is to look at it over a certain amount, amount of years. So if you're already in business for three years, looking at them side by side and comparing, you can see trends, you can see like what changes have been, like how much more profitable you might be or less profitable and you can kind of pinpoint what happened that particular year so it just gives you a little bit more insights about where your business might be heading to um, when you compare them over a number of years but obviously we're starting out with the first year and that but the profit and loss is always at the end of the year so you always look back Um, it's also used to calculate your tax liability so what kind of taxes you have to pay um it actually the tax liability gets produced and then it gets put into the statement but if you're just looking at an overview between your your profit or your losses um then the tax liability is produced or calculated from that
1: yes and we all have to pay
0: taxes yes
1: it's saying in english is, there's two things we have to do in life die and pay taxes so, yes. the other way around probably pay taxes and then probably <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully not die from uh, paying too much taxes but um yes uh, paying taxes depends again obviously on which country you're in yeah um and the on, on your business structure it all depends on how your taxes are but anyway that was just a quick in between there yeah
0: yeah no that's completely right and obviously it also depends on what your legal um legal entity you are and etc cetera, etc cetera. so Um, just talk to an accountant if you're in doubt of anything and uh, don't know what to do, but this is just an overview about these statements and you can obviously read up on them a little bit more, but the, the profit and loss statement, it summarizes basically your income, which is also called revenue, um, or sometimes turnover. It's all of the sales that you make, basically every kind of also interest that you gather in your bank accounts, for example, and then it puts it against the costs and, your, and, and expenses. And then at the end, obviously, you then see whether you've made a profit or you made a loss. So if you look at your categories of in, on the income side... You're looking at any of your sales and your interest income. Like I said, if you have, for example, a savings account for your business or something where you put money to the side, then sometimes that generates interest. So you have to account for them as well. It's basically what we, in episode one, what we talked about your revenue streams, any sales that you've made in that past year, let's say your financial period is um, 12 months. So you're looking at every, every single sale you made, or invoice generated or whatever you know however you, you account for your, your sales, that's what you put in on the income side. And then on the expenditure side, you looking at uh, all the expenses and costs so similar to what we discussed in the cost structure. Um, You put, you put them in categories like accountants have these fancy categories. So, um, you know, marketing costs is all everything that obviously you spend for marketing. It could be social media, it could be print, it could be whatever Um, admin and office costs that could be, you know, um, stationary, but it could be also office furniture or printer or, you know, those kind of things. Um, Then we have salaries, which we kind of discussed in your personal budgeting um, episode last week. And, um, but also very first on top of it, actually, you have the cost of goods sold and that one always confuses people. It is an expenditure. It's kind of sits a little bit separate in the statement. Um, but it is an expenditure because it's basically the purchases that are associated with every single sale that you make. So like we just discussed in my wedding photography example, I photographed the wedding and, um, they obviously that's the main sale, sale. But with that, they get an online gallery and they get a slideshow. And that slideshow sits and is hosted by Vimeo. So I have an, on- an online subscription for Vimeo, and that online gallery is also a subscription of a provider of a software that I'm using, um, that I pay yearly for. So those are purchases every year that I that are falling under cost of goods sold because they are associated with that one sale of that one wedding photography the same with they get their images and i always produce like five prints with it and i have a wooden box with a usb stick in it again that wooden box and that whole like the whole plethora that comes with that one sale those are purchases that go um, that are associated with that sale and therefore they go into the cost of goods sold category just yes. that you've heard it. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, just list all your costs um, and your accountant will put them in the right <laughs> like categories if, if needed be.
1: Yes. And then you have also, if you have a product, for example, and you need to buy in some material to create that product that you want to sell, um, then that is also um, the costs associated with the sales that you're having. Just in exactly. example.
0: Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have also insurance, telecommunication, professional fees and taxes are um, also a cost at the end of the day. Um, so in a P&L, you then see that you put your income and your expenditure against each other and you can see the profit before tax. Usually the you kind of look without the taxes at this point, you look at the profit or loss in that case. Uh, well, in any case, it's either profit or loss. <laughs> um, you can only do one or the other. And, um, and then, then if you made the profit, then you have to obviously calculate your tax liability. And then at the very end, if you put that against the profit before tax, you then have a net profit. And that's actually the figure that is, you know, gives you a lot of insight about how your business is doing, especially when you then compare it over, I don't know, three year period of time or two years. That's your (laughs) PL. Ooh. Just a quick
1: run-through, really. But it's it's just important to understand what it is, what it's not, what should be in it, and why you do it. So perfect overview. Um, what's next? The forecast or the cash flow?
0: The cash flow. But I'm gonna go very quick about cash flows. Okay. Because the forecasting then kind of dips into the cash flow forecast, actually. So kind of all relates to one another. So cash flows. Um, These are super, super, super important. And cash flows, basically, just to kind of um, put it like as in in definitions, cash flow is the cash, the money that you have in your, for example, bank account, um, or any kind of financial, well, I guess cash that you have some sitting somewhere, if you want to, that is easily accessible, that's not invested in any kind of assets, or you know rental property investment or whatever it doesn 't it 's easily like you could if a supplier was to send you a bill, you could immediately pay it that 's the cash that your business has, and that is super super important because you can be a profitable business so your p and l shows a profit at the end the net profit that we just talked about. you could be a profitable business, but you might have a lack of cash flow and therefore that can still cripple you and the number one reason. Or one of the main important, like main reasons why businesses fail in their first few years is usually cash flow. So it is it is super super important to know your cash flow and be aware of your cash flow. At least understand that uh, the difference. I mean, cash flow is your li- liquidity. Um, if you hear that word, then you also know oh that's that's my cash flows. because it basically means how liquid are you? How quickly can you turn? Um, maybe your assets, or in general, how quickly can you have cash on hand to supply someone, uh, to buy, to pay someone uh, like a supplier, and also it acts like a, a buffer for unseen, uh, unforeseen events. Um, and yeah, so for example, Uber is a big company, and they are super high in cash flows because of all these little transactions where money gets, you know, put into the into the bank accounts. But they, at this point in time, where um, you know we're recording this, they still haven't made a profit. So it, you just see the difference. But they are a really successful business because they have these amazing amount of cash flows. Obviously, long run they do need to make a profit at some point um, yeah. because obviously their costs are too high at this point. I'm I'm assuming, but it's just the the cash flows are your how quickly can you pay things around? You cover your costs. And- Yeah, I just wanted to come back to cash flows in a second. So I'm going to dip into forecasting now because I want to then talk about cash flow forecasting. (laughs) Yes, and
1: with forecasting, I want to throw something in, you might say anyway, but forecasting is difficult because no one can predict the future, obviously. However, you can put some things in place to... Make sure your forecasting is a bit more realistic, maybe. So, it comes back to uh, doing some market research, looking what's going on in the world, looking at trends in your industries, and knowing your ideal client inside out. We talk about this in other episodes as well. But uh, mm-hmm. once you know who your clients are, and how much they can spend on something and how often they buy something and why they're buying things. It, um, you can then also just look go on a statistics website to see, okay, who, how many people do actually exist that fit my ideal client profile. So just a few pointers, obviously there's much more to it, but if you need to be as realistic as possible, even though it's always trying to predict the future. But you have to, um, because first of all, you can use these figures to measure against. uh, Then when you progress with your business over the years, you can see how right or wrong you were. Um, But then there might be economic crisis happen and stuff like this that you can't anticipate. But also you need to have these things um, if you're looking for investment for your business or something like that. And just also to see when will we actually be profitable with your business. Just to know this is obviously also very important. But I'll let you get on, Magdalena.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all, all correct. Um, so just summarizing basically what you said, um, forecasting, what it actually is. So forecasting is looking at your financials in the future. So the P&L, we looked at the past, but the forecast uh, and the cash flow, if you want to say like that, the cash flow almost looks at the present. Um, you know, what kind of cash do you have in hand? And the forecast looks at your at your future. Um, And yes, like you said, you can't really predict, but you can do a guesstimate, you know, you can, if you learn your industry better, and you know, you've done a lot of market research, maybe even in the beginning, it's a little bit of a more of a guessing game. But over the years, it becomes better you become better and better of predicting how many customers you might have and how many sales you might ma- have because you learn from obviously how you're going yes there might be unforeseen unpredictable economical um, environmental unforeseen events like you know nobody could predict a corona so um that's just what what happened but it's still t- it's still so valid to look into the future and try to make a prediction because it's this will help you to steer, like you said, you, you need to kind of understand where when would you break a profit or when you would break even, at, first of all, and then when you would actually start making profits and how much and what can you actually expect from the market that you're operating in. Um, but equally, not just on your revenue streams, it's also, again, your cost structure. So you have to look at, okay, what are all the costs that are associated with um, you know that are like running my business in two years. Maybe you have costs, more costs later on because you might want to expand. So then your forecast in that year would look totally different than the year before. So it's it's just looking and predicting and kind of thinking about things that might happen. Um, and as as we said, as uh, when you're going into your business and you kind of understand your market a little bit more, and you have like a fe- you get a feeling for what you ca- what's realistic, um, what kind of sales are realistic, what kind of costs are realistic. Yeah. So also
1: yeah. one thing there is it might be mm-hmm. looking at competitors, and uh, yeah. if they are a limited company or anything similar in other countries, whatever it's called there, you can see the statements online. You can find out because they have to um, make them public. And then it might give you a hint of uh, the financial forecasting. Of course, there are other companies, um, but there, there might be a trend showing in all of your competitors. Maybe they're doing a really good job. Maybe they're doing a really bad job. So it's not exactly how your business will go. Um, but it might give you an um, indication as well.
0: Yes, and you can forecast. You could do a PNL forecast, even like you don't have to do just the PNL. Obviously, in, in is a hindsight or like a past perspective. But you could also do a PNL forecast. There are different types of forecasts that you can do, but the easiest one and the most valuable one that I always found is the cash flow co- forecast. So we mentioned that obviously before. It is um, looking at your cash flows right now and then looking at your cash flow or predicting your cash flows for the future um yeah i find that super super valuable and i will kind of take you through that now like a little bit more of you can how to how to actually do a cash flow forecast um it is a little bit complicated to listen to probably so you might want to look at some examples or templates online that you could find but it's actually easier than It probably sounds like
1: (laughs) yes and just Um, make sure you re-listen to this um once you actually want to do this it's good to take it all in and then once you actually want to do it just make sure you re-listen to this episode as well
0: yes I always find that that is also super because sometimes at the beginning you you just want to yeah you want to take it in and let's just I understand it from from an like holistic point of view and then you want to actually okay now I'm gonna like do this so to do this (laughs) take your spreadsheet as we love a love a good spreadsheet. Um, and then at the top, basically put in a month zero in one column and then the next. So if you want to do this for 12 months, I, I suggest 12 months at the very least um, or even 24 months. So start with zero, month zero and then month one, month two, month three, whatever. You can put in even, you know, like the actual name of the month. So January, February, whatever, it depends when you obviously start. So put that in uh, on the top row, uh, like one month per column, uh, and leave the first column off though, because you're going to list something on the side as well. So on the side, you're going to list all the revenue streams. Um, so just or just call it sales. If you have multiple different types of sales, I mean, you can list them all separately, or you can list them as a bulk. It's up to you. Sometimes it's easier though separately because you want to know, okay, I'm actually selling four products of this and four, you know, after sales, up sales or whatever, up for this, or, you know, so you want to maybe split them out. So it's up to you how you want to do it, but list all the revenue streams that you can think of. Um, And if you've listened to episode one of this series, you have
1: already the list of all your revenue streams.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then underneath that, um, add a row of sums so that you have like every month, basically when you fill in numbers for your revenue streams, that you sum them up. So you have a total revenue for that month. Then I've, underneath that, you start listing all your expected expenses and like underneath. So like marketing, marketing for example, is a, um, I wouldn't just put marketing, I would split it into social media marketing, print marketing, or whatever else you might do, because there might be different costs for them. Yep. So split it, split them again, look at your cost structure that you've done in episode one. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the, the ongoing series.
1: costs and the one-off costs all go in there. Yeah. Which months do you have actually those costs?
0: But the startup costs that we kind of discussed in in episode one is in month zero. So you would put them, um, the figures you would put in month zeros, whereas then the ongoing costs you would put in from month one. Um, And then again, add a row underneath that, add a row of sums so that you know all your expenses. Um, So just obviously don't ignore the revenue on top. Um, Just summarize uh, some Take a sum of your expenses, then underneath the expenses, uh, you add another row of a sum where you put your income minus like this the the income the total income of that month or the total revenue of that month, and you uh, subtract the total expenses of that month, so that gives you the profit before tax um, in that row, so that's quite a nice um, or the loss of that month, you know, you might have more expenses than you actually make. Then underneath that, you kind of have to look at um, how your cash is actually going. So you need to, in month zero, you need to kind of record how much cash do you have at hand. So if you're, for example, bootstrapping, you have a bit of saving and you want to invest that saving into your business of starting a business. So you would put under uh, like revenue, under the revenue side, you would put for month zero, you would put investment or own own investment or money or whatever you want to call it, but you put that cash in. So the cash in hand in your bank account yeah. is kind of the starting point in that sense.
1: Also, universities often give um, some loans, not loans actually grants to students, um, or maybe you have won a competition at university where you want some yeah. money, um, and that goes in as an investment. So everything that doesn't come from uh, necessarily the sales or something, but yeah, this is just what I can put into the bank account right now.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's the cash that you hold. So again, that's very important. Um, and you call that column like cash in hand or something and um, or that row, actually, sorry, that row you call cash in hand and you put it in the column of the month zero because that's where you kind of start off with. And then you go and then you kind of start populating. So you look at you know month 1 you look at what kind of revenues are you expecting what kind of sales are you making that month and also what kind of expenses are you incurring again don't forget your salary and your wages expense you know you have to put that in as well and then you in that profit row that we talked about before the profit before tax row you will then see whether you've made a loss and that you need to then put against that cash that you had in the first, in month zero. So at the end of month one, you then have, uh, if you subtract that from each other, you would then see how much cash you have left. If you're making a loss, for example, in that month, which I'm kind of assuming if you're just starting out. Um, so you kind of put it always against the cash. So whatever profit or losses you make in each month, you then put against the cash that you actually hold. And then you do, you do that for the 12 months or 24 months, however long you're doing, maybe you expecting another investment somewhere, you put that in under your revenues um, or, you know, just to have, have maybe, you know that you are going for um, a bigger investment or you're pitching in front of uh, investors, something like that. And then, you kind of predicting you might win it and therefore you put that in and just to see you will then see a trend um going over those 12 months or four twenty four 24 months to see when you're actually breaking even when you're running out of cash that's obviously a problem uh, and things like that so it just gives you that prediction of where you might end up and obviously be realistic with your sales expectations Um, but also don't, you know, I mean, you, you don't know, but it's always better. I think sometimes you don't want to be pessimistic, but just being realistic of what you can expect. You're not going to, in month one, when you're just starting out, you're not going to have, you know, 25 customers or hundred customers or 10,000 customers, whatever your business model really is. You, you're going to have, you have to kind of, that's where your market knowledge comes in. And like Christine was saying, your customer knowledge as well, and maybe also what your competitors kind of selling now and how long have they been in business you know so you kind of have to do a little bit of research what is a realistic number to put in but then you know don't be shy to obviously the longer you're running you know you're expecting obviously a little bit more sales over the years so um yeah just just have a try i think that will give you for me cash flow forecast was a really really good tool in the beginning to understand my costs a little bit better, understand how much I can actually, you know, where I need to maybe spend a little bit more money on my marketing to increase those sales numbers in the next month, you know, that kind of thing. So it just is the cause and effect of things you can then start playing around with and understanding your market. And then (laughs) at the very end, so when you're actually starting your business and you are maybe in the end of month one, you can then actually plug in your real numbers. So that's what I've always done because that basically feeds your PL already right there. You see you have then you might be in month 3 now, you're looking back, you have actual numbers in month 1 and 2 and you have predicted numbers from month 3 4 and onwards. So it kind of gives you then also like you might then adjust your numbers a little bit in your predictions because maybe, you know, month 1 and 2 were better than expected and actually you might think oh that might be an in in, like an upward increase of your sales or whatever it is but it kind of when you plug in actual numbers on the on the past months that you already went through it, it really helps to to gain more insight on your market and your own knowledge of your own business
1: yes so it's important to understand that this is a document that you continuously can update to really track things and to see how things are going and then like Magdalena said maybe change predictions of the future
0: (laughs) yeah it's just it's a working document and i think it's it's a living document like i used to i have it like sitting in my in in my dropbox and look at it once a month and Mm -hmm. really just updating it and looking at the future okay yeah i've got new bookings for you know, weddings at the time and, or other shoots Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then I just populate the future with, with things where I know, I mean, the wedding and the wedding photography business was a little bit more predictable in that sense, because I got a deposit Mm -hmm. um, of, for example, 400 pounds in my case um, at when they booked me, but then I knew the rest of the money would come two months before the wedding date. So I can always easily put that into my visions. That was just already, you know, promised money. Yes, something might happen that they cancel um and never pay, or, you know, I also have to refund the the booking and deposit or whatever it is. But it it's still very, you know, very predictable almost in that sense.
1: Yes. So So this is what we want you guys to do when you have a business, do a cash flow. Uh, forecast and uh, Magdalena went really through step by step, line by line, column by column, which is amazing. <laughs> so you can really do that because it's always um, easier to say, oh, Here's a spreadsheet, this is what you do, but um, just create your spreadsheet the way we indicated here. Perfect. Yes. So um, I think that was the that was it for today's episode. And we said at the beginning this might be a bit longer and more difficult to get your head around, but it's so important. So we just wanted to take the time to go through these three things. So let's summarize. We had the P L, the slang P&L, PL, profit and loss, PL. and um, that was uh, also well explained. What this is for, why you should do it, and how you can do it, and then um, how the tax liability comes out of this. We looked at forecasting and what you can do to predict the future better. And then we looked into the cash flow and why it's important and how can you do that. That was it for today's episode. I think we went through everything, went Mm -hmm. through the nitty gritty of your finances. Thank you so much again, Magdalena, for your time. And I'm looking forward to our next episode, which will be episode four about the Business finance series, and we're looking into the tips and tricks for your finances. Thank Love you. It.
0: Thank you for having me, and I speak to you all next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.